0: Hey, faithful listener, grab your cup of coffee and experience the Bible in a way you never have before. P40 Ministries is a podcast that goes through the Bible cover to cover. It's an awesome narrative that focuses your mind and prepares your heart for God to speak. So join your host, Jen, for a biblical podcast that's hilarious, informative, imaginative and fun. The P40 Ministries podcast. Listen now as we go through the book of Mark. Hello, happy Tuesday friends and faithful listeners. This is the P40 Ministries podcast and of course, your lovely host Jen here. <laughs> I don't know if lovely is the right word to describe myself. I actually did a a strengths test at my church on uh, Tuesday, and it was really fun because they had this one section where you're supposed to give this like paper to your friends, and your friends are supposed to help identify your strengths for you. And so one of my friends who I've had on the podcast before, actually, but this was like a year ago. She filled it out for me and she said something really funny and she's like, you're able to bring together ideas, like ideas that are abstract and form them into really good ideas. And I was just like, what are you talking about? (laughs) My mind is abstract all the time. I don't think I've ever been able to formulate a clear idea ever. (laughs) So, yeah, I was laughing about that with her. But, yeah, that's a fun thing that happened to me uh, last week. Anyway, guys, let's go ahead and talk about Mark chapter 16, uh, 9 through 20. And some people don't like these verses. They think that they shouldn't be added into the Bible. They believe that they are um, not necessarily inaccurate, but an addition to God's word. So let's talk about that today. I'd like to talk about the controversy with these verses, but I'm going to go ahead and read them first. So I'll be reading out of the WEB this morning. Now, depending on what version you read out of, I'm not actually sure if these ver- verses are uh, included. I don't actually know. So go ahead and find a version that includes these verses, whether it's the WEB or a different one. And let's go ahead and read this. Grab that cup of coffee and let's jump right in. Now when he had risen early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene from whom he had cast out seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept. When they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they disbelieved. After these things, he was revealed in another form to two of them as they walked on their way into the country. They went away and told it to the rest. They didn't believe them either. Afterward, he was revealed to the eleven themselves as they sat at the table, and he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they didn't believe those who had seen him after he had risen. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the good news to the whole creation. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who disbelieves will be condemned. These signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new languages, they will take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it will in no way hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So then the Lord, after he had spoken to them, was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. They went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word by the signs that followed. Amen. So I told you guys there's a huge controversy over verses uh, 9 through 20, and that is because they weren't included in the original manuscript of Mark. So there's two groups of people. One group believes that they are not supposed to be a part of the Bible and, in fact, exclude them. The other people believe that there is enough evidence that they are, in fact, part of the Bible and do include them. Now, as for the WEB version, which is the version I just read out of, they include them. And in fact, they give a little note here that says that the reason they include them is because the WEB believes that they are reliable based on an overwhelming majority of text evidence. The WEB believes that these are accurate. They believe that they are part of God's word and they include them in there. Depending on the version you read, like I said, I'm not sure if your version includes them or not. It just depends on the person and their belief system of whether or not these verses should be included. So let's talk about the two different belief systems. Okay, so the first one that says that adding these verses in is almost wrong in a sense. They say that because it was not included in the original version of Mark that uh, they should not be included. So that's the biggest factor as to why people don't add these verses in. They think it's almost adding to God's word that it's wrong to do so. They do not add these verses in. But then the other group of people who does add the verses in believes that because the early church, and there's evidence of the early church and very early Christians quoting verses 9 through 20. In fact, I believe there's an overwhelming amount of early Christians that did quote the verses. They believe that because the early Christians knew about Mark 16, 9 through 20, and quoted them often that they were in fact accurate and were in fact true. The verses were found later on and re-added back into Mark. Now going back to the people who don't add them, they believe that these verses are different a little bit from Mark's original writing. They believe that they were written by a different person and then added in as like commentary. Now everybody, no matter what side of the fence they are on, does believe that the verses are accurate because there's nowhere in scripture that disproves these verses. In fact, there's a ton of scripture that actually proves that these verses are accurate. So no matter what side of the fence you you stand on, everyone believes that the verses are accurate. Now, as for me, I do believe the verses should be included in Mark because I believe that God is supreme over any human mistake. So I believe that if God wanted these verses in, And to be found later on, they were going to be added into the word, which is basically what happened. And so since I believe that God is supreme and God is the authority over his word, over his Bible, then yes, I do believe that these verses should be included in the scriptures. But one way or the other, you know, I've read... Two different thoughts on it. In fact, I did a study years ago that did not include uh, verses 9 through 20, and I did like that study a lot, and I thought it was really good. But to me, I do believe that this is part of God's word and that it should be studied. So that is why I'm going to talk about it today (laughs) and discuss verses nine through 20 with you. So let's see what verse nine has to say. So it says that it was early in the morning, the first day of the week, and he appeared first to Mary Magdalene from whom he had cast out seven demons. So we know that we know that that is accurate. We know that Mary Magdalene did in fact encounter Jesus first because she was crying in the garden Near the tombs. And so when she saw Jesus in his glorious appearance, he looked different to her. We'll find that out later on. In fact, she thought he was the gardener. And so uh, she asked Jesus, she's like, Do you happen to know, sir, where they took Jesus? Did you see anything? And Jesus says, Mary. And then a second she hears her name, she recognizes Jesus and she clings to him. So we know that Jesus did, in fact, appear to Mary Magdalene first. So then it says that she went and told everybody after she had encountered, encountered Jesus. And we know that from Luke, uh, Mary Magdalene was part of the group that went to go tell the disciples. But it says that. The disciples didn't believe Mary Magdalene which we also know is true because of the book of Luke and in fact Luke which we're about to go into uh, really shows the accuracy of Mark 16 9 through 20 with a lot of the stuff where Mary Magdalene went to go tell the disciples they fully disbelieved in fact it sounded like nonsense to them even to Peter even though Peter ran to the tomb to go look at what had happened He still didn't quite believe he was wondering why there was just linen rags and where Jesus's body had went, but to them, it was still a bunch of nonsense. They disbelieved. So then after that, Jesus revealed himself to two of them, to two men walking around on the road, and he walked with them and they realized that it was Jesus after a while, and we find that out once again in the book of Luke. So then it says that those two went and told it to the rest of Jesus's followers and Jesus's followers did not believe them. Finally, it says in verse 14, that afterward, he finally revealed himself to the 11 disciples as they sat at the table. Now this is proven in the book of John. (laughs) (laughs) with doubting Thomas and, you know, even though, even though Jesus was literally in front of them and had like appeared in front of them, Thomas still didn't believe. And so, yes, Jesus did, in fact, uh, um, rebuke them for their disbelief and their hardness of heart, which we find out in the book of John, which is what Mark chapter 14 says. They did not believe, um, those who had seen him after he had risen. So Jesus rebuked the 11 disciples because of their disbelief. So we know that Jesus was on the earth for around 40 days after his resurrection. He probably went to go see his mom. He went to go see uh, his brothers and his 11 disciples and a bunch of other people. In fact, there were Many, many witnesses, I believe 400-ish witnesses that saw Jesus after his resurrection, if I'm thinking correctly. So then it says that Jesus went with his disciples, his 11 disciples, and he ascended up into heaven. But before he did that, he gave them the great commission. He says, go and preach to every single creature. And then he says this. He says, these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons In fact, Acts proves many of these. It says that they will cast out demons, they will speak with new languages, they will take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it will in no way hurt them, and they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So yeah, I mean, many of those things were proven in the book of Acts. You know, the serpent thing was, uh, speaking with new languages, we'll find out about that in the chapter of Acts chapter 2, and, uh, you know, laying the hands on the sick. So then after this, it says that Once he had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out, preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the words by the signs that followed. Amen. So basically, the ending of Mark is saying that the signs that followed what Jesus had said, you know, that holding serpents, poisonous serpents and casting out demons, those things were all confirmed later on. And that is how we know that uh, Jesus's message is true. One thing I'm curious about is, uh, you know, we, we hear so many stories of faith, you know, in other countries about how people would heal their sick and, you know, miraculous things would happen in other countries. And it still happens to this day, like different prophetic visions. But here in America and in Western culture, we don't often have those kinds of things happen to us. And a lot of people believe it's because the spirit doesn't work in that way anymore. And in fact, I used to go to a church that truly believed that. They believed that prophecy was over and done with. They believed that speaking in tongues was over and done with. But for me, I don't believe that because of many things that Jesus says that uh, are spiritual gifts. And I don't think that God just doesn't give certain spiritual gifts anymore. (laughs) I just believe that these spiritual gifts, because our hearts in Western culture tend to be a lot harder, I believe, towards God's word than other countries are. And I feel that that is very unfortunate, but I feel that that is the truth. I believe that uh, Western culture almost quenches the spirit a little bit, more so than any other Culture really does. And if you know what quench the spirit means, that means almost to like when you put out a fire, you're quenching it, right? You're not allowing it to burn. And we know that the spirit, if you heard my episodes with my sister in uh, Leviticus, where we talked about the spirit being similar to fire, you know, you're not supposed to put out that fire, we're supposed to let it burn within us in a way that is God's spirit. Being allowed to have energy inside us, because that's literally what fire is. Fire is just energy. <laughs> because so we're supposed to have that spirit inside us. We're supposed to allow that spirit to have energy, give us energy, and uh, you know do that kind of stuff. And so we're not supposed to quench that spirit. And unfortunately, I believe that America and uh, Western culture in general does in fact quench the spirit. They put it out. And I believe one of the one of the biggest ways that we do that. Is through selfishness and through selfish ambition. Because when we start focusing in on self, we stop focusing on God. And as we're focusing in on self and what we want and and what we uh, desire, you know, God starts getting pushed out because the things of God naturally to us because of the sin nature. We don't want the things of God. <laughs> we want what we want, right? We don't really want what God has for us. And so we start pushing God out in order to do uh, things that we believe are going to fulfill us, even though it's all a lie, you know, that it's all a lie. The only thing that can really fulfill us is God, but we push out God in order to do more of what we want. And so in that way we quench the spirit, we push the spirit out. I believe that is one of the reasons why we don't see these kinds of signs in America anymore. I believe it's because we push the spirit out. We don't allow him to work in the same way. I believe it all has to do with us, but not how the spirit works. So in other words, the gifts that we see that are kind of miraculous, like healing in the New Testament, we don't see that in America because we kind of don't allow it to happen. We trust too much in ourselves and in doctors and in uh, even medication before we trust in God, now I know that that can be a <laughs> a gray area, and so I'm not really going to go into that too much because I do know that medication is very necessary in certain circumstances, and I've known a lot of people who have um, been to churches that tell them that they can never go see doctors, and that's not what I'm saying, but like the trust in physical stuff and in ourselves and in our own knowledge over and above God, I believe quenches that gift of healing that other countries who maybe don't have a doctor in their town, they might be able to see the gift of healing through their own faith. So that's kind of more where I was going with it. But my point is, is that, you know, it says here that we're going to see people who do these almost miraculous things that those people are going to be part of God. They're going to uh, have these signs of those who believe in God. They're going to be able to do these things. So my question for everybody here today, not to go off too much on a rabbit trail, but where are we quenching God's spirit? Where are we putting out that fire That we might be able to allow the spirit to work in a certain area rather than uh, focusing in on ourselves, focusing in on selfish ambition, which we know in scripture says that uh, James in particular says that selfish ambition comes from the evil one. And so selfish ambition is not part of what God has for us. So where are we pushing out the spirit and not allowing the spirit to work in the same way that he worked in the New Testament, in the early church, and even nowadays in other countries where faith has to be stronger because they don't have anything else. That's kind of my um, takeaway from Mark chapter 16 here is just where can we allow the spirit to work rather than trusting in something that is not the spirit? Where can we allow him to work? Friends and faithful listeners, this was Mark chapter 16, verses 9 through 20. And whether or not you believe that that portion should be in the Bible, I believe that this was still a great discussion and that it was confirmed in in uh, the book of Acts and the book of Luke and the book of John, many of the things that Mark 16 9 through 20 has to say but you know friends and faithful listeners go over to my website www.p40ministries.com if you need to contact me and take a look at everything I do over there you know I've got a handful of books that I've written I've got um, some devotionals I've got some free content for you guys over at p40 ministries so take a look at it subscribe to the uh, website and keep updated for all the new stuff going on with p40 ministries friends and faithful listeners have a fantastic day Happy listening and God bless.